And that's why I'm staying home today. What is going on, everybody? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less. In Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Wright. This has been just the whirlwind week. This is another situation where normally we record on Sundays and have all of this wonderful time to cut everything down. You're going to get a fast and loose episode this week yep. because it is Thursday morning yep. and we are going to drop this in about 12 hours. So there'll be a little bit of time to clean things up, but I've been gone. I, I went to DC and just got back last night and had a very eventful trip, saw some cool things and also was a part of way too much news. And so I'm just going to stay at the house yeah, uh, as long as possible and not be a part of any Spree, pertinent. Any sprees of any sort. No sprees of any kind, hopefully. Yeah. Well, how has your week been, Dan? Quiet. No, I've been, I've had a pretty intense work week this week and it's going to go into next week. But, um, once this thing goes live, why I can chill out and record podcasts. Love it. Yeah. Well, welcome back. Thank you. Uh, it's good to be back. Yeah. DC is fun. Yeah. The, the American History Museum has a lot of cool things. Mm. They've got one of Prince's Cloud guitars. They've got one of Eddie's Frankenstein guitars. They had a keytar from Herbie Hancock. Nice. And some stuff from Booker T and the MGs. A lot of cool pop culture artifacts in the American History Museum. And then I inevitably ran into some AV equipment at the White House uh, <laughs> that was a part of a broadcast that was most unfortunate. Yeah. But there was uh, plenty of stuff for the music nerd, even in our nation's capital. So good time. But it's good to be back. Yeah. This weekend, I've got one gig as opposed to the three that I was expecting uh, about this time a month ago. Uh, which is a porch fest gig with my buddy's 90s band. This is just kind of a, here's 12 songs, let's put them together, see see how we do. So I am off today to kind of tie up loose ends and we'll be ready to hit the ground running tomorrow. But I'm going to use this time to prep for that and make sure that all of the musical T's are crossed mm. and uh, guitar I's are dotted. I think I used the J's are crossed. analogy. Yeah, lowercase j's, yeah. Yeah, sevens are crossed sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I've got coming up. But I know that last week we were talking about something that had not quite happened yet. Yes. Uh, and it has happened. That time has elapsed uh, and then some. So I do want to go back to unpack that corporate event. Thing. Yes. Big but day. before we do that, oh, yeah. this is the part of the show where we do reviews. Yep. Except... Or this is the part of the show where we would do reviews yeah. if there was a new review to read. Yeah. So, you know, this week I opened up our chart site with all of our reviews in it. And you know what? There there wasn't a new one. Yeah. So, oh well. no review for you. Yeah. If you would like this, if you like this part of the show, like I, I know I enjoy it. Yeah. Leave us a review and we'll read it so that we can keep doing that. Yeah. In the future. Yeah. Even if you don't like it, we enjoy people saying nice things about us. So make us happy. Leave a review. Absolutely. Moving along. Before we get into the corporate, do you want to do the corporate gig recap or do you want to do uh, gear? Time? No, we've teased it. Let's do it. Corporate gig. Let's go. Okay. So for those of you keeping score at home, my band got an inquiry a couple months ago to do this, basically the kickoff of a this corporate event. And it was a situation where we were playing early in the morning and they only wanted us to play for about 30 minutes and they were going to pay us nearly triple our going rate. And in the process of just being super stressed out about it, I, you know, we got to the actual event itself and it was in this massive municipal convention center. It wasn't like owned by anybody. It was owned by the city, right by this very questionable airport. Typically, if you're doing like conventions, you would want to put it around things that are like, new and happening. 
this was not that part of mm. the area. Uh, this is in Greenville, South Carolina, by the way, which has a very beautiful downtown. Yeah. We had a great time yeah. after our sound check and everything and went to a couple places, had a nice dinner. Uh, there's this place called Meat, which is a bourbon bar mm. that was wonderful. Cool. And right above it is this massive general store with all of these like outdoorsy things. There was a whole, like they had an entire section of homely flannel nightgowns. Mm. Literally just an entire, like a whole section, like a wall's worth okay. of just flannel nightgowns for, that you, you would see on Little House on the Prairie that what? cost like over $100. Wow. Okay. Well, because they're like LLB. Oh, you know? sure, sure. Was it a mass, mass general store? I think it was. Yeah. It's, it apparently is a chain. It is, yeah. I know the one in Nashville. They, well. they have them around. Yeah, there's one. There's some in Virginia and mm-hmm. Tennessee and a couple of other places. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Uh, it was great. Like, outdoor stuff. But yeah, it was literally when you walk in, just to your right, just prairie nightgowns. That's good. My child, my child so brings up the bulk candy section of that store quite often. Oh, yeah. Yeah, pretty good. We, we, spent, we spent some time back there for sure. Yep. So yeah, we go in and basically we are... The, the initial impression was we're kind of like this really expensive afterthought. And that did kind of play out because they have this massive corporate event stage where it's a full LED wall behind them and it's set up like a TED talk. It's very, it was a tech conference. And we were off on a side stage on the far side of the room off into a corner. Like there was no direct lighting. I think they had a piece of their trust that was kind of, that had moving heads that could point. Mm in our direction. And we were just a little entity unto ourselves. They gave us a drop. We brought all our gear in, set it up on stage. We did get plenty of time to sound check. We worked through a couple of tunes uh, just to make sure that everything was where it needed to be. We had, I think, about two and a half hours where we were supposed to be good to go. And they just want to make sure that they could get levels through their system because we were basically, they took three feeds from us and then went to their big console that went you know, to the, to the house. A massive line rate setup and whatever. And everything was fine. We got set up. We did our songs, felt pretty going into things. And uh, that was that for the first day. <laughs> there was an issue at the hotel. We weren't able to check in until almost nine o'clock Good. at night because oh. they were having trouble turning the rooms over, which kind of put a damper on an otherwise, you know, pretty solid evening. Yep. But uh, because of... I don't, I'm I'm going to go ahead and say that this is the worst Hilton I've ever been to. Mm. And it may have been the worst Holiday Inn I've ever been to. Like it was, it was just a bad hotel in general. Mm. The AC was not working very well, so it was hot. And uh, between that and just the anxiety, I slept not super well. Mm. You know, and we had to be there. They wanted us there at 6.30 a.m. to do just general troubles, make sure everything was doing going the way it was supposed to. And it's a good thing that happened because it turns out that we were having issues with some of the signal routing and specifically around playback. What initially we were planning on doing was using a laptop and running it through BandHelper. But the laptop that we were using had not been synced to their server and never finished. So we went to soundcheck a song and only made it like three quarters of the way through because the rest of the file hadn't been down. And... This is a thing that we probably need to talk to Arlo about yeah. because the way that BandHelper works is when you sync with the BandHelper server to the app, everything goes. Yeah. So if you only need 15 songs, but you have a 300-song catalog, there's no way to only pick the songs that you need in order to yeah. use them. It'd be good to download so them by, by set list or something. Right. Yeah. And I understand why they wouldn't, but it uh, it caused some issues for us. So 
we had to quickly scramble and I gave my iPad up that I normally use to do my monitors on. And we had to rejigger playback and everything so that instead of it sitting on a stand on a behind a person, it was now directly next to our drummer. Got that sorted. But again, that happened at like 6.45 in the morning. And we started at 7.30 and played to nobody. Mm. They were expecting like this big kind of launch where everybody's going to walk in. They had stilt walkers in like these crazy outfits and like people on roller skates. Like they were trying to make it this big visual, big party. you know, feast of the eyes. Yeah. But again, it's 7.30 in the morning and it's the first day after the first night reception, which I think we all know how those go typically. Yeah. So we played the first three songs to the crew. All right. And we were supposed to, we only put 30 minutes together because that's what they asked us to do with the, with the anticipation that we'd have, you know, a handful of songs that we can play at the end to wrap things up. Well, we get to probably, we're like six or seven songs in and they're like, we need you to keep playing. So we basically play 45 minutes Mm -hmm. up until they, you know, the, the time starts and then we've got to then scramble at, you know, after the fact. So we play our songs. And uh, I can say that it's not great to have to sing Uptown Funk 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how many warm-up scales you can do, but uh, it was still, uh, it, was, it was a bit of a workout. So the first part ends, we're basically off the hook for an indeterminate amount of time. And wouldn't you know it, they run long. So we actually were there longer than we were expecting to be. And when I say this is like a tech conference, the first thing I I noticed when the keynote speakers started was that they were using the word AI a fair amount. Uh, And I was like, we're backstage hanging. I'm like, drinking game. Every time somebody says AI, you take a shot. I quickly realized that if this was an actual drinking game, all of us would be dead because it was all they talked about. They said it a whole lot. Yeah, that's how it is in my industry too. So that was fun. We had a good time just kind of hanging out. We did have to, we, once we got off stage and kind of cordoned off into our little area we came up with uh the next round of songs we wanted to do uh it was basically just a way to get people out of the room you know we were supposed to draw them in and now we're supposed to kick them out so because they were talking about innovation and you know the future in ai we opted to uh to do don't stop believing good thought that was a, an appropriate way to send them off yeah uh we ended up playing i think maybe two or three songs at the end of it and that was it there was no fanfare it was just very matter of fact and then shook the hand of the guy who booked us and he was like, uh, send me an invoice. We'll get you paid today. Oh, and they did. Nice. Uh, I, one thing to note, this is something that I see a lot at, at stores and we don't do it a whole lot and it's never been in our contract, but that's probably going to change is that if a client wants to pay with a credit card, <laughs> you need to put something in the contract that says, if you do that, we need to add X percentage to your fee because our very handsome fee got a, a bit of a chunk pulled out of it. Yeah. Not worth complaining about, but... No, you, you take know, your haircut. Uh, you, you do. You ch- yeah, it's, it's the cost of doing business. But if it's something that you deal with consistently, it might be worth putting in some sort of clause that says, if you want to pay with a card, add 2 3% on top just to cover processing fees or whatever. Yeah, you should check your terms with your credit card processor because I've seen in pre- my previous life as an e-commerce developer, I've seen uh, credit card processing agreements that forbid that. But I don't think they all do. So you should just check that out. Yeah. But we we had the money in hand same day. Nice. Guys got paid same day. Cool. You know, all the hiccups aside, it was a learning experience. If we get the opportunity to do something like that again, I feel like we'll be more prepared. Mm. There's only some stuff that we need to to tighten up 
the downtime in between songs was a bit wide, a bit too much for my liking. Uh, nobody said anything about it, but it was something that I noticed and would prefer to avoid. Was it because of Future. the time it took to start up playback at a band helper? Or? It, this was a situation where um, new bass player, and we had a couple of things where he needed to change instruments oh. based on tuning or what have you. What we should have done is taken that into consideration and stacked the songs accordingly. Yeah, uh, We did not. And, you know, that's something that I need to be cognizant of in the future. But yeah, I, all in all, it, it went fine. Everybody was happy. No complaints. Big payday. Love I sent it. an email. I said, hey, thanks so much. If you have need for this in the future, if you have any. And, and, and the guy straight up said, let me know if you need any recommendations. So, I mean, right. seem happy enough. Yeah, with it. So is this our future? Who knows? But it's a thing that we've done now. And it's uh, that's it. Awesome. So, yeah. Awesome. Congrats. So yeah, I hopefully if another one of these comes along, I'll have a bit more wherewithal to enjoy it because it was still very, yeah, very stressful. Yeah. But all the advice that uh, I got from the people in our community, as well as you know, I, this was one of those episodes where I got a lot of DMs and a lot of feedback about I know exactly what this feels like. This happened to us, or hey, we've got this New Year's Eve thing coming up, and I'm I'm. I'm wanting to pitch us at this higher rate. It's not something we've ever done before, you know, feeling a bit anxious about that. So it appeared to be a timely conversation yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And hopefully, you know, a problem more of us have. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it, like I said, it's, it's, it's okay to feel the way that you feel about this stuff, but it is, it, it's a privileged problem. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. So, fully acknowledge that that's the case. Yeah. But all's well that ends well. Yes. Very good. And now we're on to the next one. On to the next one. Okay. So. That being said, it seems like there's there's no fall or NAM or whatever, but like there's been all of these gear announcements in the past few weeks, and we don't normally talk about gear unless it seems like something that the community would ultimately benefit from, and I feel like this product drop last week kind of falls in that category. Late last week, Fender announced the release of the Tone Master Pro, which is their foray into the modern amp modeling world. Not their first rodeo by any stretch. I think we all remember the Mustang and some of their earlier attempts, which I would say fell kind of flat. Yeah. Weren't really up to snuff compared to the competition. The Tomaster Pro does not appear to be one of those products, though. It's got some pretty impressive specs. Yeah. With these modelers, you typically need certain kinds of tones. Mm -hmm. You need a really solid clean tone, you need kind of like a mid-crunch tone, and you need potentially a high-gain tone. Yeah. Well, Fender happens to own the IP for some of the best clean-sounding amps ever built. Right. And because they are now licensing all of the EVH stuff, they have the 5150 amp as well. So they're coming in with a pretty solid stable of products. And of course, they're doing models of other amp brands and there's some 6,000 factory impulse responses. Yeah. That just seems, that's such an that's, outrageous number. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I do enjoy, you know, every other modeler, when they refer to a brand or model of amp that they're or cabinet that they're modeling, they have to come up with a cute name for it. And I enjoy that these mm -hmm. guys don't have to do that. They can just say what right. it is because they own the thing. But yeah, it, it does seem well-spec'd. It has a lot of content in it, as you say, more probably than anyone's really going to need ever. Apart from that, I don't know. It seemed kind of samey. It seems seems like it's a good, um, you know, a good entry into the competitive landscape of these things. But I didn't see anything that made me say I have to, I have to own that right away. I didn't really... And they they 
they seem to like it a lot in terms of how they priced it. They think it's uh, yeah. They think it's a good thing, apparently. As far as the sameness goes, yep. the layout of the foot switches looks oddly familiar. Mm-hmm. The scribble strips, oddly familiar. Yep. The colors around the buttons, oddly familiar. Yep. The GUI, I think, is really nice. It's kind of a refined take on what Headrush is doing. Yeah, I thought... I- Understood from Creston on the Slack that the foot switches are also encoders. They also are dials. Yep. So that's very much like a certain other device that I stomp on. Yeah, the quad cortex is that. So um, no expression pedal though. No expression pedal. It's got the out- it's got the output to do it. Yep. And the I/O is pretty looks pretty extensive. Yep, it's They've got balanced outs. It's got multiple stereo effects loops, four of them, mm-hmm. if I'm counting that correct. Uh, it does have mic line input, yep. but we don't have any sort of insight onto what that works with. No bass presets that we're currently aware of, yeah. though I'm sure that you could probably rig a, a bassman up to do something along that line. Yeah, I think. And there was something about the functionality. There was like setless mode that was another feature that people really liked. It does have some of the more modern features. It's got Bluetooth where you can beam stuff and you can communicate and send audio from other devices. So it's it's pretty well specced out. Where it gets a little tricky is when you start looking at the pricing. Yeah. So a brand new product in the market, unproven, no track record. You know, you're basically dealing with the name recognition of the brand who put it together. But they're wanting $16.99 for this. Okay. Which puts it well above a lot of the products that we are currently using. Right. And the, and the new things on the market. Hedrush Core just came out at 1000 Exactly. Now, I will say this, though. If other companies weren't concerned about it, specifically if Neural DSP wasn't so concerned about it, they wouldn't have dropped the price of the Quad Cortex to right. match that price. Right. Well, they, 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 they blame that on normalizing supply chain, but I'm mm-hmm. unconvinced. Yeah, because that everybody just be dropping their prices yeah. because of normalized supply right. chain. Right, that's what we do. Right? Yeah. That's that's how capital, <clears throat> capitalism works. <laughs> so they apparently saw something that concerned them enough to, to make a move like that. But, you know, we have our modelers of choice. We have the ecosystems that we've chosen. And I agree with you in that I don't see anything in this particular product that would compel me to jump ship. Yeah. I'd be curious to try one out. Sure. You know, see how long it takes to to dial in a workable tone and that kind of thing. It's definitely worth looking into. For some people that weren't quite sure about its sonic capabilities, Ola England was able to dial in a pretty impressive tone. Yeah. Real heavy crunch. I mean, his whole thing is he does the Will It Chug series right. and he he got it to chug, it pretty, chug yeah. pretty quickly. So as far as the Tone Master model itself goes, I don't know. Yeah. Nothing really there. There's no there there for, for me. But that's not the whole story. In conjunction with this release, Fender also announced two flat range full response. Did I do those in the right order? Flat response, full range. No, I don't full know. Range, full range flat response. Yes. Yeah. A frefra, if you will. Frefra. And those are called the Tone Master 10 and the Tone Master 12. And these are 1,000-watt frufras mm-hmm. that are designed and look just like Fender Twin Caps. Yeah. And they look really freaking cool. <laughs> and I kind of want one. Yeah. And I feel like an absolute boomer because I like, I, I have no need for one. I've, I literally, there's there's an orange rocker verb sitting right over my shoulder just collecting dust. Right. But I see if like a little, little cab. Yeah. That I could plug my my HX stop into, and I'm like, that looks pretty neat. Yeah, Mike could 
Maybe. And I, I think this is the product worth talking about. This is the Trojan horse as far as I'm concerned. Because these are priced currently at $499 and $549, yeah, respectively. It's good. The 10 the ten inch speakers are a bit cheaper. Yeah. And it's got a it looks like it's got a tweeter in there as well huh. on the 10 inch. Right. So it's you're getting a a slightly different frequency response. But uh at that price, that's a slam dunk yeah. product. Yeah. Yeah, if I didn't, um, I mean, I've got the Line 6 power cap that I'm entirely handled for, for first, but for first, but Preface. I, uh, yes, it's cute. Definitely cute. And actually, they both have the wide dispersion, high frequency drive, mm. not just the damage. Okay. Both of them do. But yeah, 1,000 watt power section. It's got the built-in uh, high-pass adjustment. It's got all the things that you would need, yep. and it looks real neat. And I bet you that they're going to sell a metric buttload yeah. of these Amps. I would definitely and, think so. Um, it's definitely going on my Christmas wish list. Because why? I mean, why not? Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, just have something you can just kick back. I mean, because that's the other thing is that Boss has the the Katana desktop amps and, and you know, Yamaha Line 6 has their own version of it. These are like roughly the same price. Yeah. And they're fully gigable. Yeah. So I think Fender knocked this particular part of the product release out of the park. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And I, uh, I, I definitely want to get my hands on one and check them out. Cool. So if you haven't checked any of this stuff out, go to Fender.com. There's already a ton of reviews. Again, we don't have that kind of content on our channel or on our show because, frankly, we're not cool enough. But right. we're hoping to change that at some point. So That'd be good. Fender, if you're listening, yeah. hook us up. I have one other whole gear item that's not guitar. But, Please. You know, it should be a little bit generous to our non-guitar player listener we uh mentioned somebody mentioned on the slack sometime back a device that uh was on had had a kickstarter campaign going at the time and i backed it mm-hmm. and it's now shipping it's called maestro dmx and it's a little yes. a little black box that takes a line in off of your board and listens to what it hears and produces over dmx a lighting show and it's got preset, you know, profiles for a whole bunch of the most popular lighting kids people are out there with, including the two fixtures that I have. And um, I don't know how it'll do. I'm seeing some videos that are kind of impressive and some that's like, oh, yeah. it would be neat if it could predict the hits and not respond to them a fraction of a second too late. But they, there's been an embargo on new videos uh, from the beta folks until just kind of this week and so we'll see we'll see what the latest uh, version of the software looks like but it's just a little box that you know audio in and light signal out and um it's got to be better than putting my four bar on random anything is so and i've been been rocking the random long time so we'll see we'll see if we can improve things with this uh with this device i'll um i'll I'll give an update on it when i get a chance to play with it it's at maestro dmx m-a-e-s-t-r-o dmx.com and they're selling it for $750, Seven fifty, but it looks like if you do it pretty soon, there's a twenty five percent discount. I don't remember what the price was on that Kickstarter, but it wasn't that much. I mean, how long ago did you fund it? Oh, three, three, four months, something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was just, I was just right at the tail end of the campaign. Um, gotcha. And they already had they already had beta units in the field, and some some videos are coming out that that were not as impressive as people hoped, and they like caught a bunch of social media flack because. People were complaining about, you know, this pre-beta version of the software and they were, they right. finally just shut that down and got their beta folks to stop posting video for a little while until they could get the software evolved a little bit. Yeah. The beta folks are saying in their Facebook group that it's, they're impressed with it, but um, they haven't, nobody's put up evidence that is impressive just yet, but we'll see. We'll see. There's, I, I've seen a couple of products like that. Most of them have been marketed towards DJs because right. 
that's something that yes. absolutely would make a, a big impact. But I'm thinking that the amount of time it takes for the audio to be processed into a DMX signal can't be super long. No. So maybe it's not, you're saying if the hit happens, it's it's a negligible kind of latency. Yeah. In the, you know, time will tell, but I think that's not as big of a deal as it may sound, you know, on paper. I mean, in the first video that caught a bunch of flack, there was no notable lag. But it was, again, it was alpha version software. It wasn't, you know, you know the, the shipping version of it. And I guess it does do beat prediction with it kind of got a BPM in mind. It can, it can <laughs> think ahead and kind of see that the hits are falling when they fall. And, um, Another reason for you guys to play to a click. Yeah, yeah a beat button to hook it up in the practice ring and see what happens. Yes, I would be very curious to see that because, yeah, we're we're rocking the four bars. The cases are starting to come apart. Oh, yeah, it's the cases are jumps. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so it's it's either time to re-up or look at something else. Yeah. So if this kind of product could add some additional lifespan mm-hmm. to those, yeah, that would be great. Yes. I'll have to look into more of that. Got to figure out how many universes it can handle and all the different right. channels and right. committees and stuff. And yeah, it um, could be fun. They showed a demo of its control software today, which runs as a web app that the device itself serves, just like the Soundcraft UI 24R that I, I use. So it runs in the browser. And I did confirm that it can hook to my Wi Fi router and share, be like be on the network. So I don't have to have, you know, Wi Fi juggling going on to drive it. So uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited. Awesome. Well, I think that's it. Me too. Well, you know, I'm glad to get back into like a kind of normal rhythm and get back to things. This gig coming up on Saturday is the last one for a little while. We're supposed to be announcing the next gig, that big venue downtown that we are fans with. We couldn't quite get Friday the 13th locked in on. Uh, so we're doing 1111, okay. which we are, I, I own. <laughs> I own the rights and the web address to 80s Ladies Night. Mm-hmm. 80sladiesnight.com yeah. is a thing that I own. And uh, when we were playing at Bankman's, rest in peace, our favorite venue in town, um, 80s Ladies Night was a, a thing that we we did a lot of press around. Uh, and it was it was a very successful marketing push. And I've got some old promo with Debbie Gibson and MTV VJ Mark Goodman mentioning 80s Ladies Night. But unfortunately, I have to find a way to cut around it uh, so that it doesn't say that or the yeah. other place. But I still have uh, Mark Goodman saying, members only throwing the best 80s party in Atlanta, which is on all of our promo. Yeah. Because paid him to say Exactly. Keep that in mind. But that's it. That's all we got going on. So uh, I'm going to go probably get another cup of coffee because it's still morning time. Yeah, me too. Start shedding. So folks, thanks so much for tuning in. We need reviews. If you like that part of the show, let's keep doing that. If you want to support the show, you can hop on Patreon. We're, we just hit 50 members. We've been having awesome conversations over there. If you want to do anything else, you can just do what Mike's about to say. Yeah. So I'll go ahead and call it for this week. In Atlanta, Georgia, I am Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. You have been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast for the week of October 13th, Friday the 13th, 2023. Hey, everybody. It's Mike Schulte from the worst name band in America, the Pork Tornadoes. I listen and love this show, and apparently you do too because you made it this far. No one makes it this far, but you did, which means that you owe Adam and Dan. This podcast is free, and you consume it to its fullest. It's time to pay up. Here's three things you need to do. A, you have to leave them a review on your podcast platform. You're already in the app. Click five stars right now. Write some words. Done. While you're there, share this episode to a fellow musician. There's a share icon on your podcast app. Text it to him and say, you need to listen to this. You need to get better. You're not a good musician. This will help you. Two, 
You have to follow them on your social media platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Go find them and follow. And D, everything I just said is free and it's the least you can do, but here's where you can really support you. Join the Patreon. This is where you can actually support this podcast that you cherish so much. A small monthly donation gets you access to the Slack channel, which is the best place to be if you're a musician who wants to take your band to the next level. You have some of the best musicians giving advice and helping you out, and it's just a great overall community do it i'm serious do it now do all these things or else the pork tornadoes will come to your town book a show the same night as your band at a different bar i'm serious we'll do it 